Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Game Podcast from the Times. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and I thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. With me in the studio today, it's the excellent Bill Edgar, the man so good that they gave him two first names. And rejoining us, it's Julian Lawrence. Uh, am I pronouncing your name correctly so I don't get the pedant, please? Would you like to pronounce your own name, please? There's, there's many ways. Even in France, you can say the S at the end. You can say Laurent. You can say Laurence. You can say... Laurent. Lawrence. There's no T at the end. No, but you don't have to say the S. Even where my dad's family is from, way on the Spanish border, they don't always say the S at the end. So. Was it by the Spanish border? Yeah, yeah. So when they cross over, they call it Laurence. Yeah, exactly. Where That's where go. we were from originally. Later on, we'll be also be talking about the man who uh, never gets relegated, who won't be getting relegated this year because, well, he's been sacked. Tony Pulis is no longer the uh, West Brom manager. Boing, boing. But first, the Premier League is back after the international break, and the weekend began with the North London Derby. I want to ask a question off the top. I'm sure like all of us who were asked to make your combined North London Derby 11, would either of you have put an 11 out there with 11 Spurs players and no Arsenal players? No. No. I okay, thank no. you. Just 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 checking. Just checking. I'm just I'm just polling whether there is anybody out there who would actually have done that. Anyway, <laughs> I propose nothing. A lot of negativity surrounding Arsenal going into it, and uh, there were people who were saying rather meekly, and I was one of them, well, but you know, if, if Arsenal win this, they'll just be one point behind Tottenham. Like, ha, 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 they won't win it. Look, Pochettino's so clever, and Guillaume Balaguer did a book with him and everything. But in fact, we saw a totally revived Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez. Mustafi, another German, comes back, dominates the back, and um, Spurs look kind of flaccid, don't they, Bill? Yeah. Um, Arsenal have been criticised for a lack of consistency, but you have to think back over the last few months, twice they've got the better of Chelsea. Well, certainly in the FA Cup final, they got the better of Chelsea. They deservedly won. Then away to Chelsea in the league um, a month or so ago, they drew nil-nil. Again, that was deserved. They are capable of playing well against the big teams. They can rise to the occasion. Um, and they certainly did, did so again on uh, on Saturday. As for Özil, yeah, he was he was it was really good. I mean, the one thing about Özil is it's, it's very rare that he's man of the match or puts in a great performance when Arsenal have been dominated, when they've been second best, when they've lost or they've just been struggled to win. Um, usually, it's sort of rare to win man of the match when you lose anyway. Well, that's just because of the illogical <laughs> way the way it's chosen. It, it should always be the best player but uh, inevitably it's given to the somebody on the winning team and in fact almost always the person who scored so uh, a four-year-old child could predict who Sky is going to give us man of the match but aside from that um, Ozil you know he goes with the flow so I, I could imagine he could join Manchester City today and he would be brilliant each week you know right. 
does he go with the flow of Julian, or is he just just kind of chucking it out there, making excuses for him? Because no, I agree with him. I agree with Bid. So when Arsenal <laughs> are good, Ozil's good. When Arsenal are bad, Ozil's bad. Is it really as simple as that? Was that, that what you're saying? He's not a leader. He doesn't carry a team. He's not that kind of player. So if around him, people are underachieving in the game, he will. It would be the same if he doesn't have runners in front of him. His creativity is pointless. And all that criticism of, oh, Ozil doesn't do it in the big games, it was also because the rest of the team didn't do it in the big games. What is he supposed to do with the ball? He can't dribble past five players and go and score. You know, if, if, if the people around him, if Alexis is not in a good day, if Lacazette or Giroud, whoever was playing up front, is not in a good day, if he doesn't have that option when he's on the ball, what else can he do? That's the issue. People, people seem to think that he's the one who should carry the team in every big game, away from home, at home. Okay, occasionally would be nice though, no? Yeah, but it happens occasionally, but people seem to forget, and it definitely happened on Saturday because everybody was also up for the task, and he was like, then it makes life easier for him because he's that kind of player. He, he got the ball. If he doesn't have any options in front of him, no runners, no space, nothing like that, you won't get anything out of him. I'm going to do some trolling now and chuck this out there because I know a, a very intense Spurs fan who'd want me to point this out. We're all going to go all about Ozil and Wenger and blah, blah, blah. Fact. It was never a free kick for the first goal. Fact. Mustafi was offside. And if this country lived in the 21st century, you would have VAR and there would have been no goal. Fact. Hugo Lloris kind of reacts a little bit. So I know we're all supposed to be fantastic and we love him. The goalkeeping on the second goal. Why is he falling backwards before Alexis even shoots? He thinks he's going to take it first time, no? That's why. So by falling backwards, it makes sense to... I think he gets ready for a save for Alexis to finish it first time. Or maybe he he's just it. not as good as people keep going on and on Don't and on and say, on. He's he French as well. He's no David De Gea. Yeah, he's I know. French. He's got Joel Batts and Fabian Barthez <laughs> disease. No, but was there really that much of a difference between these two teams on a day, I might add, when Kane and Ali did not show up and when Eric said, I don't know if he was hung over from his parties, but obviously that his tremendous performance in the playoff took a lot out of them. Um, no, you, you're right. Arsenal didn't completely overwhelm Tottenham, definitely. Um, and it certainly wasn't a, a foul. And, and it was offside. Of course, offside, I mean, it's, it's just impossible for a, a linesman to do it. It's just totally random. When it's that close, it, uh, you know, you might as well give it to a, a monkey to do it if you're not going to do it um, Or you by give video. it to the VAR, man. Or VAR, it, it much better, right, exactly. Yeah. While the, the referee took criticism for for certainly the foul, the non-foul by Sanchez on Sanchez. Uh, I thought a much worse decision was um, earlier when Xhaka, first 10, 15 minutes, he hauled down Sissoko. There's absolutely no doubt about it. It was a pure uh, yellow card, but he just didn't give it for whatever reason. And then 15 or so minutes later, Xhaka committed another bookable foul for which he was booked. So uh, he should have been off after about half an hour. I mean, that's, that was an easy decision for the ref to make. Even Sanchez on Sanchez, uh, which with the video evidence you could see, it, it clearly wasn't. It, it's, you know, it's arguable. It's not that easy because they were, both had their arms on each other. But that, for me, the, the Xhaka on Sissoko was a, a terrible decision. You two are a bit harsh on Arsenal. I think they were by far the better side. And OK, maybe they got a bit of luck on the goals. I think in a season you get them, you get them for you, you get them against you. It happens to every single team. It will happen to Tottenham again where they're going to get a goal when it's offside or there's a, there's a foul before that was not given or was given or whatever. That's, that's football without VA, you know, VAR. That's, that's the way it is. It's always been like this. So I don't know why we're debating. They were, they were not the best sides. It's a deserved win for Arsenal. Well, we were the best side on the day. I don't think, I don't yeah. think anybody's going to dispute that. No, no, it's on the day, game, it's, it's deserved. deserved for Arsenal to win. But, but maybe, I think it's more from the perspective of Tottenham, this is not a collapse. You still showed that you can go and you can play your big rival away from home on a day when, when Arsenal were jacked and everything was, was, was you know, they were way up for it. And you had guys who were not fully fit and your stars weren't performing on the day and you weren't blown away. This is not, there weren't two goals difference between these two teams. First thing, I think they underestimated Arsenal from the beginning. It's Arsenal. I mean, yeah. But it doesn't matter. You, they went in there complacent. You could see it from the warm-up. I think it was obvious from the warm-up. You could see it, what they said before the game. You could see, 
they under, underestimated them. The fact that you play Ali, I don't know if Ali is not fit. I don't know if Kane is not fit. I don't know if he's 80% fit, 70, 50, well, They're not 40. running very quickly around the pitch and yeah. they're not doing what they don't were them. Why do you play them? Don't play them. Why do you play them if they're not fit? Play someone, surely, surely you've got other players who can do a job. Why do you play them? Unless, unless you think, well, even at 70%, they can still do a job. So I'm going to play them. And then they're terrible and I take them off after 75 minutes. Because, But the biggest thing for me was Pochettino. The fact I was so disappointing, so disappointed, sorry, by his lack of reaction. And we talked about it before on the pod. After 30 minutes, you could see it was just not working. What they, what, what they wanted to do, whatever that was, it was not working. Ericsson was not finding any space. Ali was not finding any space. Kane didn't have the ball. You could clearly see that Arsenal was, you know, pressing them high. And you had Alexis on Sanchez. You had Lacazette on Dyer. You had Ozil on Vertonghen. Then you had Kolasinac on Trippier. You had Bellerin on Davis. Do something. What are you doing? So after half an hour, you do nothing. At halftime. What did he say at halftime in the dressing room? Nothing, because they come back in the second half what, doing the same. What kind of stuff? I mean, all right, let's, I think this isn't... I always think back to the basics, right? When I see especially teams like Arsenal who who don't actually press high that often, but they did it effectively here. They do it intermittently. Obviously, my favorite recipe against pressing highs, you either pass your way through them, which you're not going to do because I know people think, well, Dyer is so comfortable in the ball. No, I don't want Dyer trying to pass the ball through the press. I don't want Davinson Sanchez doing it for Tongan only in certain situations. So you mix it up with the big boot over the top. But then it helps if you have speed to do that. And if you have Ericsson and Kane and an unfit alley in your front three, I mean, I'm going to throw this out there. Would he have been better served once he, once he realized that they were pressing them that way and you know, they weren't getting out, would he have been better served to maybe throw on Son earlier in the game? Yeah, and Llorente. Because what did they do in the end? They couldn't pass the ball, Wait, so well, they I played long. The only time he worked was when Kane had that chance because Mustafi and Koscielny went both for the same ball. They both missed, well, missed it or flicked it back. And then Kane is one-on-one with Montreal, I think. And then I had that shot. At yeah, what like, point do you make the change, though, Julian? If you were in charge of Tottenham, and let's, let's leave aside the fact that you're an Arsenal fan, but let's yeah, pretend you were in charge of Tottenham and you actually wanted to... Oh, so at halftime... You're 2 nil down. Kane is not fit. Kane is doing nothing. Why, why don't you think, okay... You're oh, nodding oh, along. You agree with him. At halftime, you, you, you go to Kane and Ali and you say, hey, two of you, Ericsson, you can stay because you might strike a ball. Um, you guys off and I'm sending the big fella and Son on. Yeah. Well, just in principle, I think managers uh, should think about changing uh, the team in the first half. I actually wrote about for the game daily the other day that, that managers just almost always refuse to change the team in the first half unless there's an injury. They'll wait to half time just because it looks like you're humiliating a player when you bring him off, which is ridiculous. Just just do it and then it becomes the norm and then they won't be humiliated. So, so yeah, absolutely, they should, they should think of changing. Let's and by the way, just to finish on Pochettino, because you really annoyed me on Saturday. We love Posh on the pod. And we, but at least try something. Why don't you try anything? And you tried in the 75th minute when the game is gone. There's no way they're going to come back. And Llorente and Son, what do you expect them to do? And again, I'm not sure in terms of your dressing room. To send Kane and Ali, clearly not fit. And obviously all the dressing room would have known they were not fit. I'm not even sure they trained that much before the game. And leaving them on for 75th minute where clearly they could hardly... Well, they could run, but you know they were clearly not at their best. I just, I just don't know. I, I, I was disappointed, that's all. One final potch point. This Danny Rose thing, again, going behind the scenes, we had this in the summer, Danny Rose's people, I think it's fair to call them that, are people who like to talk to, especially a certain newspaper, and give them information which may help move their client. Right? Would, would anybody want to disagree with that? Yeah. And by the way, if you have a problem with it, hit me up on Twitter, give me a buzz. You're going to want to tell me that that's not true. So we have a situation where Danny Rose believes he's fit, supposedly. The story's come out. Danny Rose obviously hasn't spoken. He doesn't train. And, and Pochettino says, oh, it's not a big deal. He's just like Eric Lamela and George Kevin and Kudu. By the way, two guys who really are, <laughs> who figure prominently <laughs> in Pochettino's plans. Um, does this matter? I mean, the situation in the summer, he wants a plan. Now, like, people are putting a 40 million pound price tag on, on Danny Rose, which I find, I mean, are, you, are we serious? Well, what, why? For a guy who's like played, what, one game in 2017? I mean, it's, no, it's more than one, but like, seriously, what is the deal with this guy? 
Well, I mean, early, I think it was last autumn, he had a period of 10, 15 games where he was, he was absolutely brilliant and he thought, well, he's definitely England's left back for the next many years. Um, and then he got injured. So, I mean, on that basis, it's limited. fit? Well, uh, you, surely in, in any normal circumstances, he's fit enough to at least to be on the bench. He's been playing played three games on it since coming back from injury so so it's extremely odd for him not to be on the bench for this game I can't, it, it doesn't really make sense I want to say I'm predisposed against this guy because he signed an enormous long-term contract for probably less money than he should have earned but you know what that's because maybe you and your agent aren't doing their jobs as well as they might be um and then of course he bitches and moans about wanting to move because he saw you know Kyle Walker hit payday but is Pochettino handling this correctly? I think so. This is what bugs me. We're talking about Danny Rose here. I mean, we're not talking about Dele Alli. We're talking about Danny freaking Rose, right? <laughs> exactly. No, no. Go, back, get... go back and look at his career and yeah. see what he's done with his career. See how many actual seasons to the highest level he's had. That's what Posh is thinking. If I get 40 million for him. I'm laughing. Great, yeah. This season, I should point out that with your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times, you can watch every highlight and every goal from every game in the Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, and even the world's greatest cup competition we call the FA Cup. It's just £8 for an eight-week trial. Got to ask you, Bill, what was your favourite goal of the weekend in the Premier League? Um, I've gone for Manchester United's third goal against Newcastle, scored by Pogba, but uh, Rashford was the architect. While Rashford shows flashes of brilliance, I've not been quite—he's not quite there as a title-winning player yet. However, I thought he took a real step up in this game. He was fantastic, and, and his contribution to this goal was amazing. Incredible speed to get to the box to be there uh, in time for the cross from Lukaku. He also did a curving run to evade the defender. The header down for Pogba was really clever because he had to be thinking showed his, his intelligence to be thinking all the time where am I going to put this header waiting for Pogba to come in it wasn't like Pogba was just stationary so nodding it back so that was really clever put it absolutely perfectly into Pogba's path so he just had to knock it in so that was my favourite goal that's Bill's love letter to Marcus Rashford yeah nice Eden Hazard I thought his first goal was outstanding the pass from Fabregas the little flick sort of back heel flick from Morata uh, to put him through and then the way he finished it as well I thought that was the goal of the week it was fantastic but how West Brom gave so much time on the ball to Fabregas from the start to the end of the game is just crazy I have you wondering whether they should change their manager yeah who, who knows now going over to the Theatre of Dreams Old Trafford it was uh, uh, I thought a resounding victory for Manchester United against Newcastle people have criticised Maybe there might be the minority here. People criticized uh, uh, United about being all you know, the flat track bullies. The games are all close, and then they score a bunch at the end. In this game, United went a goal down and then got back into it. And I thought having that large French man in the middle of the pitch really, really makes a difference, doesn't it, Bill? It absolutely does. I know it's been said a lot, but I think it's completely true. I've looked at their 12 league games this season, and the five best performances that I think uh, they've had are the, f- the very five that Pogba has played in. Um, I thought he had a good season last season, I must say. I, you know, Perhaps not, uh, he wasn't the best in the world, as his price tag suggested he should be. But uh, he was at least in United's top three or four players. United finished where last season? Sixth? So if you're saying yeah. he finished in United's top three yeah, or four players... Okay, so he was kind of a third... Six. He said him, he would be, I don't know, he was playing at a standard of, say, a third-placed team. Okay. You okay. know, it, quite okay. him and De Gea and a couple others. But uh, for some reason, people would gloss over when he put some amazing performances in and then they had one terrible game against Liverpool. Everybody didn't hear the end of what he'd done on Twitter, made up his own emoji or something, and his haircuts and everything. But anyway, he's he's, he's even better this season. And he's, I mean, he's two players because He's um, a great creative player, but also he's got something which I don't think I can't think of anyone else in the Premier League's got. That he can just shield the ball in, in centre midfield. You give him the ball in the centre circle, and there's a, an opponent hacking away at his ankles trying to get the ball. Pogba, you, you think, well, there's absolutely no way he's going to lose the ball, and the situation is so under control. He's got time to just look around, weigh out which pass is best. His partnership with 
Matic, that is probably and it, it, the different kinds of midfield. Different teams have different types of midfield, but that midfield is just phenomenal. Um, it's perhaps the best in the Premier League, those two. Earlier this season, we saw him with yeah, the Mkhitaryan, Mata, and either Rashford or Martial behind Lukaku. This time, it looked to me like he went for... You know, he made a conscious choice. I think it was was Rashford and, and, and Martial. For the first time, starting together, on the wing, Mata behind Domikatarian. Is this a better blueprint? Or is it just a was this just a better blueprint for this game? Yeah, I don't think Because you're at you home play, and yeah, stuff. Exactly, and, I agree with I don't think you can play Martial and Rashford together every time, in every big game especially, because let's be clear, they don't defend that much. And I think there's a point where you can have Mata, who obviously helps a lot defensively. I don't know if he would play, certainly in his mind, the way he wants his team to play, especially away from home in the big games, Rashford and Martial together. I think... He should have a go at it because but at clearly, home it's a reasonable formula. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm surprised he didn't do it before, especially when Pogba was not there because there was clearly a lack of creativity when Pogba was out for those two months that was never they never replaced that lack of creativity. And maybe if he had put Rashford and Marshall together before, they might have had that. But I think what was missing a lot when Pogba was not there was those incredible diagonals that he played. And for a long period of time when he was out, I thought United game and pace was slow. Because they didn't have those long balls that well, Pogba... They didn't have a midfielder who can pass. Yeah. Because Carrick's but also out. And also because people are how good Matic is on the ball. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. good on the oh, ball. Right, right. He's good on the ball. Livermore but... or whatever. This is the what we're talking about. We're not talking on, on the Carrick-Pogba yeah. platform. And especially for those long balls, the long diagonals that switch the play so quickly that the right. pace of your game is, is quicker. And I think that's what they missed the most. But it was great. I was a bit apprehensive of him playing on Saturday because... Uh, with the national team last week, people were saying it might be a little bit too early, although he seemed ready to go a few weeks ago already. Uh, so I was a bit like, please don't get injured again. Please no setback. Please this and that. And it was outstanding from the start to the end. So talk about somebody else who's now back and fit and on the bench. And remember we thought Slatan was only going to come back in January, best case scenario, blah, blah, blah. He's a lion, he's not a human, all this other stuff. I think, I'm not a doctor, but I would imagine that at some point in August, they're like, you know what, he's making such good progress that there's a very good chance he'll come back. Let's put him in the, that's probably why they put him in the um, in the squad list as well for the Champions League. What's he going to do with him? Like, I, I was thinking about it. If you're a Mourinho, right, you're, you're set up a certain way. He's got such a unique skill set. Where does he fit? When does he fit? Um, let's come up with some creative ideas and don't just say, oh, well, when Lukaku's not there, you know, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, when Lukaku's not there, Slatan plays. If, or if, maybe even when Lukaku is there, Slatan plays. But, like, what is there a scenario where they can play together? Um, I think there is. I, I think Zlatan is good enough to play in the, the number 10 role. So, um, so I'd, I'd be tempted to give him a, a tryout with him in number 10 and Lukaku just ahead of him. If you had to choose between the two of them, I think Ibrahimovic, uh, based on last season, has been much better than Lukaku in terms of their overall all-round game. Finishing is quite similar. I mean, Zlatan got plenty of goals last year, but he also missed plenty of goals, which would have turned lots of the home draws into to wins. So his overall, perhaps the finishing, is, has been quite similar at United of the, the two of the two of them. But he's certainly a he, Zlatan contributes Can a lot play more. Ahead of Lukaku? I would, yeah, but but as I say, I, Ooh, but, I would, but I would, but I would, uh, I would definitely give him a go at number ten and say, perhaps Rashford on one wing and um, Martial on the other, or, 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 or if that was a sorry, you don't have yeah. Mourinho here. You think Mourinho is actually going to play oh, no, Lukaku, no. <laughs> Ibrahimovic, Martial, no, just, and Rashford? Uh, so is this like you on the train station? Uh, <laughs> no. Come up with like you yeah. know, no, 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 that's not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He would. Well, certainly not in the against the big teams. There's no way he'd do that. But uh, but I think it's definitely worth uh, considering. Or, or if not Rashford and Martial, then one of then matter in place of one of those. But I think Ibrahimovic. I don't, and I, um, he he looked perfectly good when he came back. He's the sort of player. He's very clever. I I don't think he's going to need five, ten games to get back into form. He's the sort of player who just is straight back into it, just like right. Pogba. What was funny was when, when he came on after 77 minutes and Lukaku, he goes to Lukaku and said to Lukaku, but did you, did you see that image? Did you see his face? And he goes to Lukaku, oh, yeah, 
go white go go over there go white and uh and Lukaku goes okay 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 and then runs you know runs on the side because Ibra was re- replacing Martial um it'd be interesting to see I don't think you know Ibra agreed to stay thinking yeah yeah I'm going to be on the bench and I'm going to be the super sub who comes in for the last 20 minutes that's not that's not you know that's not Ibra so maybe there's something that we don't know already and there's some sort of agreement that either they're going to play together I agree with Bill I think playing behind Lukaku at times and see what happens because you can't run in behind like this United team like Lukaku is good at and that they've done and and I think the relationship between Lukaku and Pogba is something that they have that is really special in many ways and it would be stupid for them to stop that by benching Lukaku for Ibra for example so I want to get your view on something that we touched upon last week which is you know people close to him Duncan Castles uh, have been talking about so Mourinho has a three-year contract. He's in the second year. Presumably, this is when you talk extensions and stuff like that. The extension hasn't happened yet. People people have reported that United are in no rush. And then, and I'm sure it's purely a coincidence, he gets linked to the Paris Saint-Germain job. And last week, we sort of opined that, you know what, if you go through the process of elimination about what options Mourinho might realistically have... It's actually a very, very short list because you know, we've been through this. He's not going to go to Arsenal. He's not going to go to City. He's not coming back to Chelsea anytime soon. Not Liverpool. Spurs in some hypothetical future with new ownership when Poch is gone. Eh, who knows, but it's not now. And going back to Real Madrid, Barcelona not on the table. You know, like the, you, you quickly run out of situations for him, right? But the one place that's still there is Paris Saint-Germain. Um... Is this all one-way traffic, or are Paris Saint-Germain saying, like, okay, Unai, last season, you laid an egg. This season, we reserve judgment. But surely we'd be so much better with, with Mourinho here. Unai Emery is in the second year of his two-year deal, right? The third year will be triggered if they reach the semifinal of the Champions League, at least the semifinal. So they don't even have to pay him off after PSG losing the quarterfinal or the round of 16. Shh. So even if he wins the Champions League, if he wins the Champions League, which is the semi-final, there's, a, there's another year there for him, okay? It looks more and more likely that even if he does that, even if they win the Champions League, it would be out in the summer. I think there's, there's a lot of things against him. There's good things for him. There's a, so it looks... Does, 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 hey, too quiet. Does Nasser... Is Mourinho the kind of guy that Nasser thinks would help this team given the, the brand and given the people who are there and the, the players who are there? And second... Is Nasser going to be relevant in a year's time? Yeah. We don't know that. It, it might well be. And third, financial fair play, but I won't even get to that. No, no, no don't go there. But we'll have to see that investigation right, with, right. you know, Jérôme Valk and FIFA and all of that. But let's say Nasser is there. I think your first point is is perfect. They've they've flirted before because they they thought about Mourinho before. Jorge Mendes is obviously very close to Nasser Al Khalifi. They've had Chad. I think twice they wanted him. He couldn't come. So it's he, he was an option that they've, they've always fancied anyway. So at some point, it might happen. But the problem is, you're right, with the style of football. Where they are right now and the players they have and what the Qatari owners want to see at PSG is not the football that Mourinho is playing at United. That doesn't mean that he can't go there and say, I'm going to change, I'm going to play expansive football, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But right now, his style of football doesn't go with what it's they want. It's more expansive than the style of football he's played in the past. True, but it's still not still what not they want. Run. It's still not what they want. So I think he, he will probably be in the shortlist, like people like Antonio Conte and Mauricio Pochettino. Again, I don't think their style of football is, you know, Pep's style of football, but Pep is not available. Otherwise, he would have been there. So it'd be interesting, but they will be looking for a manager, I'm pretty sure, of that in the summer. So it's still, it's still, it's still an option. Um, just to wrap this, we need to spend a word on, on Rafa here because I thought, he actually lined up correctly. They they took the lead. I thought everything was going fine. And then the bottom falls out. Is it Rafa's fault or is it just United were better, Bill? Well, uh, I, I, you can't really blame him for losing away to Manchester United. I think you have to judge him on other games. Able to defend the lead? No, well, I mean... It just means that United really poured forward for from that moment on. So I mean, it was it was always going to be hard. You can't criticise him for those tactics. It was he did the best he could. Uh, as long as he 
stays up, say lower mid-table, he'll have had a good season. They'll, you know, Newcastle then can take the next step beyond that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So we have a managerial change in uh, in the Premier League. And joining us here through the magic of uh, taped podcasts, uh, we have Raf Honigstein. Now, Raf, you were going to join us to talk about Jurgen Klopp uh, and the book that you wrote about him. Um, but then we decided that's a lot less interesting than talking about Tony Pulis. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we'll probably record this and then run this next week. So, And our very good producer, Charlie, will make it sound normal. But I hope I'm not giving anything away, by the way, podcast listener. Like when you listen to this podcast, it's been recorded and edited at some point in the past. And some bits are recorded out of sequence. We're not actually shrunk down to little tiny people living in your ear speaking to you. Just want to be, just just make sure everybody's clear on this. Um, Raf, Tony Pulis is no longer the West Brom manager. You must be absolutely, absolutely shocked. If you're West Brom, you've had this summer, you've had the, the moves in the summer, you've set up a certain way for a certain type of manager. Now you make a change. Does logic warrant that you get somebody similar to Pulis who can do what Pulis does only better because that is what the team is set up for? Or is this a good time to to sort of follow a different blueprint? Well, first of all, I don't think the Tony Pulis blueprint um, is at the cutting edge avant-garde of football coaching and only a certain team can play that way. He is very, very good at maximizing very limited football ability by usually organising very good defence and then concentrating on things like dead ball situations and practising all these things all the time. But then almost everybody does. This is a team that halfway through the season, um, correct me, Bill, you will have the stats ready, I'm sure, looked almost as if they could, if they were interested, which clearly they weren't, could make a run on the Europa League. And this is effectively the same team. And they played even some really decent stuff last year. I think that the, the kind of Tony Pulis stereotype was actually in danger of getting outmoded or um, overshadowed by the reality that I remember clearly November, December, they they played some really good stuff. So I, I don't see why somebody else can't get more results out of them. Anyway, I don't think West Brom's owner are really interested whether fortunes or points will pick up that much. They just need a few more and they're in mid-table. You know, we're talking about four or five points, which is the difference between 10th and 17th. So this is not a forlorn situation. This is not a, a terrible disaster that only super specialist managers can rectify. I wasn't going to suggest that. I was suggesting, though, that you've got a team that's built to play a certain way. And if you bring somebody else who says, like, I've they, got a five-year plan. They are, they're a box-standard Premier League team built like most Premier League teams are. I don't see why what's so special about them and why somebody can't get a few more points. Julian, are they a bog standard Premier League team no, built like everybody else? I think they've got good players, certainly to do better than what they've done. Really? To play Name in a some better of them. Way. Yeah, Nasser Shadley is a good player. Rondon is a good player. Rondon can play football. He's not just like... No, no, I don't doubt that. But thinking. are you talking about... Matt you're talking about, is a good player. You're talking about a target man and two wingers, yeah? Two big physical wingers. Yeah, but okay. even... you know, if, I think even in midfield, Claudio Jacob is a good is a good midfielder. He can pass the ball. No, he can pass the ball. I'm sorry. It's like... It's, this is not this is not a team that you, th- you look at it and think, okay, they can only play one way. It's the kick and rush style of way. And even if they do that well, they might go down. It's the right time for West Brom to be a bit... 
creative in who they go for. Okay. Please don't well, sign the, Sam Allardyce. The book is the book is favorite. You, please. Right now, I'm told is not Sam Allardyce. You'll be pleased to know. Thank you. Anybody want to guess who it is? No idea. It's O'Neill. Okay. Which one? Which one? <laughs> Anybody think it could be Martin? No. It's Michael. obviously not Martin O'Neill. It's Michael O'Neill. <laughs> Uh, Michael O'Neill, of course, for those who've been living in a box and don't know, the Northern Ireland manager, achieved tremendous results with Northern Ireland. Um, and they've got lots of West Brom players, of course, so he's used to, he's had yeah. three or four of them. Northern Irish. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Evans, Evans, Chris Brunt, Sonia. So, Macaulay. is this a progressive choice? Is this somebody you're, you'd be curious about? Or, given what Raf just said about, oh, but they can play different ways, I, I'm not suggesting that, you know, but, but with, with Northern Ireland, they did play often a certain way because they had little choice yeah I've, I, I, I've got would nothing against Michael O'Neill but I would maybe go for someone a bit different than, than again someone who's used to play very quite defensive and solid and then don't score many goals play on the counter attack and things like that I, I find it hard to evaluate his work without really knowing what, he, what it is he actually does <laughs> apart from um, you know watching the games which only tells you so much because international football the standard is so poor um, they squeezed into the Euros. They didn't do anything that really excited me apart from just being very solid and really awkward to play against. I think he deserves a chance. Um, I think there's a reason why some Premier League clubs he's have just, been... He's just the bookie's favourite right now. Yeah, so fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why I think some some clubs have looked at him but maybe have been a bit reluctant to give him this job because it's completely different to, to coaching Northern Ireland, especially if you're working in a structure where you're also supposed to maybe sign some players or have, an, have a real kind of opinion about signing players. This is completely different to going through family trees of possible... You know, championship Stop. players and find a Northern Irish grandfather. That's not what he does. That's just a myth. Stop it. Uh, Bill, who would you go for? Um, I don't know. It's a tricky one to decide, but it's, it's interesting how they've this concept has, has come up in recent years about sacking managers because their the style of play isn't interesting enough. So Stoke got rid of Pulis again because they thought he wasn't. You know, the, the style wasn't interesting enough. They got Mark Hughes in, and uh, now they he kept them more or less at the same level, so that sort of worked out okay. But then you've got the other example of Blackburn when they were a mid-table team. They sacked Sam Allardyce and they just collapsed hopelessly. You just wonder what might happen at West Brom because as a size of club, they're not like Aston Villa or Everton, but they should be in the mid-table at least in the Premier League every year. There's so many teams okay, in the sorry. the Championship who are. I know you're evading the question now, but isn't yeah. the basic point that he should have been sacked at the end of last season for the way that his team absolutely collapsed in the second half? And if I'm looking at this, if I'm the club, I look at it and say like, all right, so last season we got away with it because we were really good for half a year, and then the players stopped playing, and we lost a bunch of games, but it was fine. Now, we're not so good at the start of the year. So if they all just stop playing in the spring, then we're going to be playing Sunderland next year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so why wouldn't you yeah. have sacked him in the summer, Bill? Uh, because, I, well, like, I, I, would, I wouldn't have sacked him now. Because unless I, if I was a West Brom fan and I wanted exciting football, yes, I would want him out. But, but I, I think he's, he's got such a, lo- a good record over his whole career. I think, I think he wouldn't, they wouldn't have gone down. They're not even in the bottom three at the moment anyway. Uh, they but were they, two in 22 or something, no? Or I know one they, in 20. Even the fans were singing, like, get out of our club on Saturday. I, yeah, I know, but uh, the, but the, you know because they were safe last season the, the, in the Premier League. There's kind of there's there's just nothing to go for when you're safe. They're not going to get into the Europa League. You can understand when motivation levels no, drop a can't. bit. You can't. Frankly, can. These are professional players, and you're in the entertainment business, and you're selling a product. And if yeah. I own my club, and 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 I'm trying to sell subscriptions and sponsorships and so on, and I see what happened there last season, I go to my manager and I kick you out on your rear end, and then take your stupid hat with you. Yeah, You're not, not doing your job. For, no, well, Watford last two seasons they got to they got Watford to Watford are a, a different a strong, club, and by the way, they changed managers. Yeah, they and did. They got, they got a very good one now. They changed manager and who who got them a good start last season, and then they collapsed. They've changed again, got a good start. Who knows what will happen now? But I mean, you, you know, you can understand motivation levels dropping off. Anyway, I, th- I think they would have survived comfortably under Poolish simply 
based on what what he's done in the past. So I'm a bit surprised. However, yeah, if they if it's so important to them to have an entertaining team, which, like it, which it obviously is, it's about. It's no, but about, I think it is there because you, you, they're responding to the fans largely, and the fans are unhappy. I don't think that it's not like West Brom are massively underperforming. It's only okay if you take the second half of last season and the first half of this. Yes, but on in terms of the how they finished last season, that that was fine overall. And now have they done so far? They're not in the bottom three. They're not a massive club. They're not underperforming overall. It's because the fans are upset that they're not playing. They're not doing they're slightly underperforming, and they're they're quite boring as well. And the fans, when the fans start uh, making a terrible atmosphere, the owners respond. All right, enough of this nonsense. How about some quick hits instead? Manchester City win 2-0 at Leicester, but it wasn't all comfortable. Vincent Company should have been sent off early on, and we might have seen a different game after that. Bale, they need another centre-back, much as it pains me to say it, right? Vinny's done, and but should this be a, a warning sign um, on how to play against Manchester City? Uh, yeah, firstly, you should say that uh, Man City uh, had companies sent off early on uh, three years ago away to Hull, and they, they won two nil, just as they did on Saturday. So they might well have won. Have might well have won again. But uh, how many years ago was this? Three years ago, <laughs> when there was a different manager in charge, and Hull City had what, like <laughs> Phil Brown or some direct. Well, since what twenty fourteen? That's loose or like different players. That's very relevant, Bill. You Sorry, proceed. Twenty fourteen. How? Look, I'm going to be saying what happened last week, and you'll be saying no. It's too longer anyway um well stones i, I think has uh, come on a lot this season and he's improved even more so he's, he's a brilliant player so but he's out for six weeks otamendi's is good enough for the team i think company's still good enough for the team obviously bad tackle uh, should have been punished more on saturday mangala elsewhere i mean stones will be back probably by the january transfer window so um so i wouldn't I think it's a priority Leicester had their chances, and you can see just how Claude Puel has made them better. They have good players, too. Julian, why did he get the love on the South Coast, and how far can he take them? It's a good question, Gab. I think he was, he was a bit harshly treated there because he finished eighth, lost in the League Cup final against, against United. You know, they could have won it, or probably even should have, have won it. And, yeah, I think people were a bit harsh, saying that he was too defensive, where he wanted a f- strong first season to build on in the future, and they didn't give him that chance so he, I think he can take this Leicester team to a good between 8th and 10th in the in the league and, and I think he's a very good manager yeah and we saw that on, on Saturday and by the way Mares behind Vardy was always his idea and, and, and I like that I think he's the way forward for them rather than Mares out wide mm. interesting Chelsea go and beat up West Brom 4-0 um, Bill is this a case of uh, Chelsea resurgence as some people have opined especially with Fabregas in front of the two holding midfielders so he doesn't have to tie himself out? Or is it just a case of West Brom being terrible? Yeah, West Brom were terrible, um, but a slight Chelsea resurgence. But I think they've had poor performances dotted around the season generally. It's a slight tactical change and it's working at the moment with Hazard uh, just behind the, the, the striker. Um, but I don't think it's any, there's any particular resurgence. They're just a very good team. Liverpool dumped Southampton 3-0 as Mohamed Salah bags another two goals, making him the Premier League's top goal scorer alongside Gabriel Jesus and Romelu Lukaku, who, unlike him, are actual centre-forwards. Julian, you were expecting this, weren't you? You said in the summer Mohamed Salah is the best new signing to come to the Premier League. But if you'd seen him play with Roma last season, you would have known that you know he was perfect for Liverpool, the way Klopp plays without a proper goal-scoring striker, it was always going to be perfect for him. But just imagine if you'd signed him at some point as a manager, Gab, and thinking, ah, the guy's not ready for the Premier League, and then sold him just for him to come back and just, you know, rebuild the parts. imagine you've done the same thing with Kevin De Bruyne too. Or Romelu Lukaku. Imagine just that. Wow, What kind of manager would you be then? It's a bitter opener for Davy Moyes as West Ham travelled to Watford and lose 2-0. Bill, did they create chances? Though how Andy Carroll stayed on the pitch is a mystery to me. Um, how do you see Moisey doing? And if you were Marco Silva, would you actually listen to those Everton offers? Well, I think West Ham should uh, stay up well, as, as long as the, the this fan protest against the board doesn't go on too long. If it's going, to, if the matches are going to be played against that backdrop for the next few months, it's going to be hard. You could see them going down. Uh, as for Marco Silva, he's proved with Hull and Watford he can play an expansive style of football, uh, which would be uh, suitable, say, for better players at Everton. So I'd certainly consider going if he gets the offer. Do you think Everton have better players than Watford? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
better study. I mean, Idrissa Gay, Morgan Schneiderlin. Um, is Idrissa Gay that much better than Ducore? Admittedly, Ducore is, re- is really good, but yeah, I would say... Um, uh, over the, we don't have to go through the whole, the whole team, team. but yeah. I was just, it was just funny going, you said that yeah. people take it for granted. I'm not... I don't think, I'm, I'm so I'm sure not, that they're really better players. Look, on two points, firstly, I think they are slightly better, and given they have slightly more money, then the chances are over the coming two or three years that they should get even better. Choice of career to go to Everton on the longer term. On the longer term, no, I get it. But the point is they're also stuck into all these older players that they signed over the summer who are then going to be difficult to move. I don't know. For me, I don't think managers should be allowed to change clubs in mid-season. I just think it's it's weird and it's unethical. And if you leave your club, you know, unless you get in the sacked, same league, obviously. Mean, yeah? yeah, in, in the, the same, same league, league, then you should have to sit out until until next year. Callum Wilson becomes the first Englishman to score a hat trick this season as Bournemouth pound Huddersfield four 0 Julian, you can either celebrate him, and you know he's been he's been very uh, unlucky given uh, his uh, his past injuries, but or you can try to explain why Lee Probert or whatever Muppet was his assistant, more likely. Uh, didn't even call a foul on the first goal when Charlie Daniels plowed into somebody named Florent Hadergionang. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, I have no although idea. he's not French. Um, oh, sorry, Florian. He's, he's Romanian, though. <laughs> <laughs> My peeps, not up to the man. It's okay. It's okay. All right, still, still Latin. All it's right. okay. French and Romanian. We're cousins. Um, you know what? I'll try. I'll, I'll choose to celebrate. Callum Wilson, because after the horrendous two injuries that he had on both knees, and even saying that his son thought he'd retired, you know, well done to him for coming back the way he did with a hat trick. I've always liked him, as you know, I'm a big Bournemouth fan, and there's people at the club thinking that if he didn't have those injuries, he would have been an English, you know, an England striker. I'll just speak about the club. I think most yeah, people yeah, take it as I a think given. he's a very gifted, talented striker. So I hope the best for him. But well done for his hat trick, even if the first goal, okay. Might have been a bit, you know, lucky. Gab, one for you. Real and Atletico faced off in the Madrid derby on Saturday. Who won? Barcelona won, <laughs> as it turns out, because uh, both teams are now uh, 10 points uh, back. And uh, I think it was it was almost as if I thought that they just, that there was a strong element of fear. It was a physical game. It was an ugly game. Atletico had one chance early and one chance uh, late with Kevin uh, Gamero. And that was that in between. It was all Real Madrid, but mostly sterile possession. Um, I don't think Real Madrid season is over, as I pointed out in my column in, in the game this week. And uh, 10 points is a lot, but I think this also needs to be juxtaposed against the fact that Barcelona have made the most improbable, but also the best start in the history of, of La Liga. And you put those two things together, and it makes things look worse than they are. But decider next week against Valencia, if, uh, who are second at the table. If, uh, if Barca win that, then I think we can start thinking about the league being over. Hello, I'm Charlie Scott. And I'm Paddy Bombay. And welcome to the Times' fantasy football service, The Sweeper. And yeah, it was a pretty successful week for our tips that we sent out in Friday's email as Burnley kept another clean sheet. Mo Salah continued to do their business for Liverpool and uh, Carl Walker picked up all the bonus points as City won, so Paddy will do a full run-through now. Well, credit where it's due. I was on holiday this week, uh, and Charlie knocked it out of the park. Um, <laughs> with with uh, Monday night's game to come at the time of recording, uh, obviously that makes nine tips uh, so far, and only one of those actually scored fewer than six points, so um, pretty much a clean sweep, unfortunately. Mr Harry Kane uh, let us down, as he is used to doing in recent weeks. Um, Salah was the best one, uh, Walker with nine points, Pope and Richarlison with eight, and then a selection of other useful um, additions. So hopefully you listened, uh, hopefully you picked up a couple of those this week and uh, and it shut you up the table. And Mo Salah, 9.6 million. Would you say he's the must-have fancy player right now? He is, yeah. It looked like it was Leroy Sane at a point, but um, Salah just looks more reliable. He's definitely going to play. He plays in a very advanced role, and when Liverpool have got their front four fit and firing, he's very dangerous, yeah. And top scorer in the league. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in terms of scorers, uh, Callum Wilson was back with a bang this week. Um, of course, he had a torrid injury time recently. And when he did return, we did point out in an email a few weeks back that he might be one to keep an eye on. He's got a hat-trick as Bournemouth beat Huddersfield 4-0. Uh, and uh, another 4-0 was um, Chelsea away to West Brom. And uh, Eden Hazard looks well and truly back. 18 points on the week. 
two goals, an assist, three bonus points, and suddenly he looks like someone you need to start considering. Absolutely, and just quickly on Callum Wilson, 5.9 million. That's cheaper than Tammy Abraham, who we have plugged in the past, but picked up an injury on Saturday, and Swansea play Chelsea and City in the next five game weeks, so maybe a straight swap, Abraham for Wilson. Yeah, other stuff to look forward to in our, uh, our weekly recap, which will be up um, on the Time Sport website on Tuesday. Uh, Paul Pogba's back. Umani Ass looks a interesting cut price striker for Everton. Uh, and uh, that Crystal Palace duo of Wilfred Zaha and Ruben Loftus Cheek um, are consistently performing now and both look like pretty good value. Don't forget to sign up for our fantasy football tips. Just go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash fantasy football and you'll get those in your inbox on Friday morning. Right, that's all we've got time for today. Many, 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 many thanks to my excellent guests, uh, Bill Edgar, Ralph Honigstein, and not just them, but Julian Lawrence as well. Remember, it's just £8 for an eight-week trial. Just search the Times online. Uh, you can get access to all our content. And you get the Sunday Times, too, which has some interesting stuff in it, especially that, that Jonathan Northcroft. We really like him. Uh, this season, you can access highlights of every single game in the Premier League, the Champions League, the Europa League, and the FA Cup app. As well, you'd be mad not to do it, especially as uh, some people are hiking their uh, uh, prices up for their uh, television service. I'm away next week, but I leave you in the very capable hands of Max. No, <laughs> now I'm making that mistake again. Leave you in the very capable hands of the excellent Matt Dickinson, the guy from uh, the Cambridge Mob back in the day. He's going to be in the presenter's chair, and uh, the game podcast will likely react to Klopp versus Conte as it's Liverpool versus Chelsea. Till two weeks' time. Bye bye. The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information and more podcasts from The Times, head to thetimes.co.uk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.